Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokemon role-playing podcast made by us and listened to by you. Thanks for listening. My name is Stuart Clark. Oh, second name today. Whoa, big. Oh, Drop the name there. My, Absolutely. Oh my Lord. Oh. I am the, the GM for this for the show. I'm running the game. And I am st- I'm staring at a countdown clock because it's it's like 20 seconds to midnight, guys, on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's it. We're we're seeing out an old year. We're bringing in a new one. New possibilities, new opportunities. I'm so glad we're here, you know, joined together for this moment. Ali, how are you feeling? 19, 18, 17. I'm feeling very good, Stu. I wish you'd call me Alistair Hill, which is my proper name. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm here with my good friend. I just, I just, I just met him, actually. We're going to see in the new year together. His name's Kenny Mullet. He's an empathetic yet haunted young man on a quest to find out more about his weird poker powers. He, he, apparently he has a little team to help him out on this little quest. Um, he's got a Decidueye called Bowtie. He's got a Gyarados called Moustache, a Salandit called Hoops, a Honchkrow called Fedora, a Spiritomb called Swirly, a Gal Vantula called Fleek and uh, a Kamoo who we've not seen very much of but uh, he does have a Kamoo called King Thrush. Over the course of the room I think I can see is that, is that, is that, is that, is that David? Oh my god David hi! Oh uh, Ali hi I'm, I'm actually just talking to somebody over here so could you just um oh, yeah no sorry, sorry, that's, sorry, my, sorry. that's my that's my 14 don't worry, that's, 13 sorry yeah thank you yeah no so is there a Mrs or Mr Theo uh, because the person I'm talking to here is uh, is the lovely MX Theo, who uh, may or may not have a lovely partner as I try and ply them with another glass of Verve Clicquot in the hope of maybe getting a New Year's kiss with a non-binary and sardonic former priest of the Church of Sloking, who's to say? <laughs> um, but staring at me from across the room is a very angry group of uh, anthropomorphic or potentially anthropomorphic Pokemon who find my advances brazen and <laughs> uh, and quite frankly out of character for me. Um, on that team is a Medicham, is a very deliberately not evolved Kabuto, is a Swan Loon <laughs> is a Togekiss, is a Barbarical, and there is also a very stern three-faced combi called Jason. Um, and whilst I suddenly realise that I am getting the stink eye from a large group of creatures that can only say their own name, I do see in the kitchen uh, Tom Dale. Tom, Tom, could you could you sort those? Seven, six, five. Oh, I'm having a great night. Have you? Has anyone seen Brandy? Oh, yeah, she's like, she's You've great. You've been drinking enough of it, mate. She's amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> I just I just saw her. She had a wimpy called Lopany. She had a Gary called Scroopy. She had Munchlax. She had Bunnels. She had Flower Meltans. And she had, she had a big old cockle. Oh, and, and nothing else, I don't think, other than a, a passion for finding a dad who's apparently a Celio. <gasps> Oh, guys, that? here we go. Three, three, two, two one. one. Let's find out what happened last time. Previously on Critical Ditto. The core prison processing chamber, Kenny, accompanied by Bowtie the Decidui, stand triumphantly on top of a cage filled with poker powers. What I think Kenny wants to do is form a veil, Aurora Veil, over this cage. Whenever anything enters or leaves the cage, they are adorned with this symbol. Barry is going to try and break the cage open. Barry, make it between you and me. Barry has grabbed on beneath and is sending Decidui upwards into the rafters. Ulmer's Gliscor follows you. So Theo, you've just lost the Zygarde Cube. It's almost as if reporter Ulmer has some sway 
over the ninjask. In shock at this experience of finding a, a Byzantine hairdresser attached to them, drops the cube, at which point yes. Pluto just sort of and grabs it, scuttles back across the floor, back towards Theo. So I think Theo's going to head over to Alma. I have a question for you. It's over, isn't it? For me, anyway. So you must understand that I'm fully willing to give you whatever you want. And takes your other hand, just drops a key in it, a key to the mecca. Reluctantly, Theo lets Alma walk away. Brandy is going to jump on Karkol to slalom through the crowd of grunts and get to Warden Viper. Karkol! Skids to a halt, fainted. But Brandy falls directly next to Warden Viper. Brandy takes out her ruler sword. Cuts the stockade? I thank you, but you have invaded this prison just as much as these Helsing have. And she shoves you into the stockade, locks it. What? I was orphaned, Kenny, and I have to believe that the purpose of that was to create me. I am a guardian of the region. You are the problem. Barry's Bishop lunges at you with a bladed arm. You have to understand, you are the problem. You are the menace. You are the thing that creates people like me. And I don't want anyone else like me being created because... <laughs> it's awful. Said Hannah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> The, the one time students have mute us. <laughs> the one time. In the rooftop fly tower of this processing hall, amongst the beams, pillars, and hanging pulleys, Barry's Bisharp lunges for you, Kenny, from a rooftop shadow. What do you do? Uh, I just want to touch base with uh, Brandy and Theo real quick. We could. Um, what, what are they doing? Stuff. <laughs> Not important. Uh, Kenny. Well, so. How many weeks? How many weeks have you had to think about this, Ali? No, I know what Kenny does, but. Oh! I'm just scared. Kenny, this is a dangerous position Why for Kenny scared? to be in. Look, I know what he's going to do. I'm just... I, he guts him. He guts He, he guts his bowels. I'm so, <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, Stu, because Kenny is in a dilemma, which this is being filmed live. Yeah, so it's been filmed, baby. Kenny, he sees the, the Gliscore. Oh, by mm -hmm. the way. By the way. Gliscore, I had a look, is about... It's like six foot four. Whoa. Oh. It's my height. Oh. That's amazing. Massive. <laughs> Sorry, I just caught my eye. <laughs> what a ridiculous statement. What? <laughs> I, I could be 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> so this is cruel. Uh, anyway, the, uh, the, the Tom Dale-sized Glyce score that is filming Kenny right now is <laughs> um, broadcasting this live. So <laughs> Kenny knows... Like, if he wanted to, he could probably fight fight Barry with poker powers. Kenny's pretty powerful. He could probably do some damage, but that wouldn't really do much because if he kills Barry or whatever, there'll just be another Barry that will just rise up possibly worse. So, like, in some ways, he's not fighting Barry right now. He's he's almost fighting just the prejudice of Formia, which is... Uh, oh, it's a lot to put this on. This is big, man. This is Exactly. Big, well, this yeah, is the mean. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's the, why the Ali didn't thing... want to start with Kenny. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next kind of what Kenny does next is is I think pretty important. So Kenny sees 
the Bisharp sort of flying towards him. And in a bit of a sort of Theo move, Kenny and Bowtie almost wordlessly make a decision. And I want Bowtie to do something, but I quite like to not reveal what they're doing yet. I'll roll for it. Oh, okay. But Well, yeah, I guess keep it to yourself and then we'll see where the dice fall. Is that... Yeah, sort of, yeah. sort of. But what's Kenny doing? If Kenny's the one on camera with the Bisharp flying at him, what's Kenny's like reaction? What do we see in that red blinking lens? So you see Bowtie zip off where into the darkness, because Barry was mm -hmm. in the darkness, wasn't he? Yeah, Barry's in the darkness. Bowtie, the decidui, flies off into the darkness as well. And Kenny, you see Kenny sort of feel a slight pang just above, just above his heart, Ooh. just like that. And Kenny does nothing. He just, Let's Bisharp, he just waits. Let's Bisharp come at him. Oh, oh my goodness. And now we're going to roll? Now we're going to roll, yeah. <laughs> oh, the idea that they this... came to a wordless decision, but they came to different wordless decisions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, take out Barry. And Decidio was like, go get help. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I'll be right Kenny back. You not... dodge. You dodge out the way, Kenny. I'll be right back. Okay, so so is Decidio the one taking action? Well, yeah, if Kenny's just standing still. Yeah. So I guess this is a Decidui roll. Yeah, um, it's difficult to know what kind of role it is without knowing what Decidueye is mm. doing. I'm sure we can trust Ali's. Ali, what's your instinct? I think this is create an advantage. Yeah, that's it probably... Might just, it might be attack, but it's it's not doing any actual damage. Ooh, it's then speed. probably it's create an advantage then. Speed is plus one, Ali. Ooh, it's not a quick not bird. Not quick. That is surprising. Quick. Okay, so Ali, please roll 2d6 plus one. Okay, here we oh, go. God, I'm nervous. I'm nervous this app. Oh... It's an eight plus one, so it's a nine. Oh. So a mixed success. A mixed success. Kenny, you stand stock still, your feet glued to the raft you stood on, knowing that a vicious attack is emerging from these shadows at any second. Your heart is beating. As you say, there's a pang in that heart for some unknown to the viewer reason, but you stay steady and still. At a flash, the blade appears. You barely see the bisharp, just the flash of the arm as it slices across your midriff, right below a kidney. Take, I'm gonna roll d4, take three points of harm. Ooh. Oh, oof. Unlucky. It's a deep lateral cut, and it hurts, Kenny. It's a, it's a serious, it's the kind of wound that makes you immediately double over and clutch your hands where that blade has gone in, as if trying to keep the pressure on, and it burns. But something else happens as well as the bishop disappears into a shadow behind you, Kenny. What is that? As Kenny recoils in pain, you hear from the shadows, Barry Bowlcut also go, keel over, falling into a raft of light. As Kenny goes, Barry, um, before I came into this prison, I did a lot of training with, um, with Theo about what my Pokemon can do? They told me that um, this situation, when when it evolves, which I think Otoy just did, it can learn this move called Spirit Shackle, where it shackles its spirit to a certain point. <gasps> Barry, I've just shackled your spirit to mine. Oh, oh my we God! <laughs> are inherently linked, Barry Bolcut. <laughs> you can't do any damage to me without also damaging yourself. <laughs> 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 
listeners, Stu is going absolutely berserk. I don't know what I don't know what I predicted, but that's that's not even close. That's so much cooler than anything. Oh my god, you're linked. You're linked. Oh, so the damage that you take, Kenny. Barry also, Barry also takes. Barry is also three harm down. Three no harm wonder you wanted me to slice your kidney. <laughs> Theo, you have just seen reporter Ulmer walking out of this massive processing hall slash pop-up mm-hmm. theatre uh, down the wooden steps of the erected stage and off into the unknown. The keys to the Mecha Genesect they deposited into your palm are still clasped in your hand. Over the din of the confused shouts from Helsing grunts, now leaderless and directionless, and a panicked Brandy's cries from the stocks on the other side of the stage, you hear a faint, mystic swoosh. It's oddly familiar, Theo. With time and application, you might be able to access the deeper recesses of your memory and work out where you knew it from, but time is not something you have on your side right now, Theo. You hear gasping breaths behind you. (sighs) Heavy, laboured footsteps attempting to run. A flapping of robes. Theo! You turn and see Kanan, doubled over, wheezing. Kanan lifts their aged head, Wispy white hair jutting out from the side, deliberate pointy beard protruding from a gasping chin. Oh my god. They look you dead in the eyes. The third tome, Theo. You need to give it to me. We're all in grave danger. What do you do? I think we cut away. It was a great scene. (laughs) (laughs) What? This is just oh. this. I can't. I can't cope with this episode at the moment. I really oh, no, my, I my heart rate. My heart rate is higher than Kenny Mullet on a bar, oh on a on a rafter with a <laughs> oh, sliced kidney. Level of this episode is Giratina. I, I regret <laughs> doing cardio today. This is intense. I am. Um... Don't, think... Theo. Please hand it over. You're going to have to give me a little bit more explanation than that, Caleb. What has happened? Tr- you have to trust me, Theo. I, I... can't explain. You have to trust me. Kanan, I'm so sorry, but we have done everything we have ever done for this book, and you are somebody who has never earned my... Ch- you have to prove this to me. Don't, don't now. do this. Don't do this, Theo. Don't make the wrong decision. Please. Don't tell me you came here and you didn't expect me to say this. I, I, that, can you not see what's going on around us? We've got other things to worry I about. Is this- you have a rational mind. You need answers. But once! And you've never seen Kanan react like this. Once, please! Just... Put your faith in someone and not in answers and knowledge. Life is not always about questions. Gang, um, do you want to move the conversation a bit further away? It's really awkward for me to see two, <laughs> two old buddies going at it. Uh, uh, stocks like literally can't move. <laughs> uh, the, Theo, well, Theo... I, I mean, Theo does not react well, I think, safely to being uh, to being told what to do or what should be a priority. I think that that is, that is a character trait that I think we can all agree on. We have still not really recovered from the fact that Kanan is not trustworthy after the incidents of Raindance and Sky Attack. So for Theo, hearing this, I don't think that Theo cares all that much. I think that Theo just finds it outrageous that somebody would try and interrupt something that is so much more important like Theo has protected this book from Mr. N and Mrs. S and a Moltres and it's just like no I'm not I no but doesn't say this just 
turns to Brandy in the stocks and walks over and just silently ignores Kanan and says, need some help with these? Theo, from behind you, as you turn and walk towards Brandy, you hear a sigh. (sighs) I really wished I didn't have to do this. Oh my. And in a flash, you hear another sort of swoosh. And sprinting past you is Tallahassee Bingeworth, who gets next to Brandy in the stocks. (laughs) And reveals a blade on their ankle takes the blade off out of their little cowboy boots, their leather cowboy boots, and holds it to Brandy's throat. Oi! Oh my god! What? This episode! <laughs> Theo, I gave you a choice, my friend, and I'm afraid you made the wrong decision. <laughs> I very much beg to differ on that point. This- I'm sorry, my dear, but now is not the time for you to be talking. What? What is happening here, Caden? Tallahassee, care to explain? Hand over the tome, Theo. I don't want to do it, but I can. Tallahassee was Caden the whole time, or... Or Caden was Tallahassee the whole time, or... Oh, you sweet, sweet thing. (laughs) I'm afraid to say, Brandy, our contract might well be null and void. Oh, well, you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this feels very much similar to ripping up the contract if you put a knife to my throat. Theo the Tom? Theo. <laughs> Theo oh, wow. truly Guys, doesn't know what episode. to say. So Theo gets out the tome and holds it in one hand, and in the other hand, takes out the vial of the. Well, it takes out the takes out the candle that is usually used for the casting of, of Theo's various spells. And Theo holds the book over the candle and looking at Tallahassee. What are you doing? Well Listen, I'm the one I'm the one with a knife to your friend's throat here. Don't try any funny business. Tallahassee, you may want this book, but are you willing to destroy the book for good? You better take that knife away from Brandy's throat or this book goes sky high, as bright as a Moltres. It's right, it's a roll. Oh, <laughs> Theo's <laughs> goodness. I don't know if this is a bluff or what, but this is a roll. I want to throw my character sheet away. I just want to throw it. I feel like, I feel <laughs> crazy right now. I this feel insane. insane. Are these my stats, Stu? Huh? Can I, can I trust this did we, on this paper? Did we miss an episode? Did Stu record an episode without all of us? Did we ever see and Tallahassee on the same room? What is oh, happening? Oh my God. Stu, can we just talk about this, listeners? You can't see this, but Stu has the most annoying little grin on his face. <laughs> yeah. Shinx-eating like grin He's all like, over his face. He's like, I know everything, and you all know nothing, and I'm not telling you. What role is this? Who's doing a bluff or a... Yes. I mean, it's manipulative. <laughs> yes, it feels it's cool. It feels like a cool role. I okay. think we roll plus cool, Theo. So Theo is a Act plus under one pressure. Cool. Are we feeling under pressure? I think that's safe to say, mate. I think it's safe to say. <laughs> the characters or the players? Stu <laughs> used yeah. pressure. All of our PP's going down. About right. points, they're gone. Oh, God, <sighs> I've never hated a dice roll. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I got a three and a six plus a one for a ten. Oh my Whoa! goodness! Oh, what oh, a time to goodness. roll it, David. I don't even know oh. what the outcome is going to be either way. But what a time to roll it! You see Tallahassee Bingeworth attempting to hold firm, being like, "This is a game. This is a gambit. Don't relent. Don't give in. Don't do anything. 
but you see the blade hand quiver as if there's nothing, there's nothing they want less than to see that book disappear for good. And just as those fingers twitch, Theo, it's like you know you've won. And in that moment, the blade disappears from Brandy's throat and Tallahassee Bingeworth is sprinting towards you, Theo. And with every step, Tallahassee twists their hypno-belt buckle. And with each turn, you see their face start to melt. And black fur starts to, to reveal itself where Tallahassee was. And the face of oh Tallahassee changes, and you see a flash of Canaan. You see a flash of Groundskeeper Billy. You see a flash of a dark-muzzled Zororok barreling towards you and leaping claws aloft trying to snatch that tome from you. That's right. Tallahassee Bingeworth is, was, and always has been a shape-shifting Zororok. Not just any Zororok. The Zororok of Team Mystic's Fray. In your midst. Oh my. Oh my Arceus. <laughs> Been kissing a dog? <laughs> <laughs> I think, unfortunately, I think this is another Theo roll because uh, okay. it just feels like this is that you you won that last roll by winning yeah. the standoff, and this yeah. time you, the Zoraric has broken and is now lashing out and trying to snatch the tome by force. So this is a okay. new action, Theo. How do you respond? Although it's, so my first thought is, I imagine that there's no ability that I can call Metacham, who's over with Hedrold, to intercept. That's probably going to be too they slow. They are still having their really They're deep having, having their DMC. DMC. That really DMC. DMC. That was your decision, David, <laughs> to was, let yeah. Metacham, really one of your strongest Pokemon, sit and chat with <laughs> yeah, Hedrold, just yeah, calm yeah, him yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I made the choice and I stand by it. Um, <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. Kabuto is still technically out, aren't they? We never yeah. recalled yeah, yeah, yeah. Kabuto. So I think that Theo is going to depend on the artist formerly known as Cabbage. Can I just say I'm really pleased that Kanan wasn't, you know, I'm really pleased that real Kanan is well. Yeah, and the fact that we fine. didn't see real Kanan means that the actual Kanan could have suffered. Still be anything. in danger. Still be yeah. in danger. <laughs> Great. Still very much in danger. Um, I think that Theo's response is, is knee-jerk in this situation then. Mm -hmm. I think that Theo doesn't even realise they're doing it. And Theo just yells, Kabuto, Aquajet! Weirdly yeah. said with words, a rarity for Theo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, Kabuto doesn't get the nonverbal. I don't speak Byzantine <laughs> ground yeah, yeah, tribe. Yeah. So, uh... Okay. Cabbage the Kabuto <laughs> coming in for possibly the most clutch battle of its entire Pokemon Oh my career. goodness. Well, if there was a chance, if it wins, <laughs> come on, We're all surely. thinking it. <laughs> I've made Cabbage. the decisions I've made. <laughs> um, okay. So Aquajet is a physical move. Yes. Yep. Correct. So that's a plus two for Kabuto. So roll me. 2d6 plus 2, David. It's a 4 and a 1 plus a 2 for a 7. Oh. A, a scant 7, oh. my friends. Oh, gosh. When I saw that 1 come up, I honestly, I didn't, I felt like I'd just seen my death warrant be signed. I, just, <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. But no, a 1 and a 4 plus a 2 for a 7. The Zororic was going for the tome, but I think Cabbage is going to move itself in the way using this Aquajet, and they're both going to, he's, I think Zorok's going to do like a Night Slash. Okay. As if the claw, as if the claws were coming down to slash the tome out of your hands. So let's work out the damage for Kabuto on Zororic. So Kabuto is it's a stage two, uh, so that's a plus two. 
it is not higher than the Zororic stage, and it is not a super effective move. So you are rolling two plus your d4. Yep, so I rolled a one on the d4, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's three. David, David, you could lie. Yeah, now's the time. <laughs> I, David, we, we'll never know. Do it, I know you never know, but I, do I can't it, I do, do this. To... I do it all the time. You just chuck a failure in every once in a while. Sorry, so you're doing three damage, correct? Three damage, yep. Three damage. Okay, the Zororic is, it's, this is this is Frey Zororic. Oh uh, my it's, goodness. It's, uh, it's a stage three. So there's a plus three. It is a higher evolution stage than Kabutas. So that's... Plus one. It's not. It's not super effective though. So it's four plus. Th- oh, it's a four. Oh, oh. evolve <laughs> midway through. Evolve midway through and just get all your health back. <laughs> Anime logic. Okay, so it's doing eight damage to Cabbage the Kabuto. I'm assuming that takes out Cabbage the Kabuto. Oh, big. Oh, and then some. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry, Cab. Oh, poor Cabbage. Um. So I'm, unfortunately, yes, Cabbage dives in front of this vicious Zororic assault. Kabuto! And does what? Theo, you ask them to do. Deflects the Zororic's blow away from the third tone, the point of interest in this scenario. But in so doing, takes a full night slash to its rocky carapace. And it flies across the stage. It's flown far, Theo, so you can't really see. All you can see is this dark sizzling on top of this rocky shell. Cuts deep into the rocky surface. Kabuto nigh on unconscious. Zororic dodges backwards, having been wrong-footed by this little cabbage's assault. <laughs> and as it brings its face back to you, Theo, it returns to the face of Canaan with this Zororic body. Oh no, I hate it! It's already too late anyway. Nobody stopped me. I was able to lay the foundations of what I was supposed to do, and she'll be here soon. And nothing will stop us. (laughs) Well, how about we try the last thing I think I have to stop you then? Theo looks at that terribly wounded body of of a Pokemon that Theo has a great passion for. As much as we joke, Theo loves cabbage. And Theo looks at the scene and looks at the fact that every moment has felt impossible. And there is only one choice that Theo thinks that they have left in this moment. And Theo can feel the belt of extreme balls they stole from Shine in their pocket oh and it's just like needs must sometimes you just have to stop asking questions and grabs an extreme ball and gets ready to chuck it oh oh wow Uh, Brandy, you you have witnessed. Brandy, you're this. stuck. So Kenny is. <laughs> <laughs> that was a shock, wasn't it? <laughs> you are you are in the stocks. You have just had the fright of your life. The blade of your sometime lover, contracted partner, Tallahassee Bingeworth, was seconds ago pressed against your throat. A couple of pink hairs were sliced off in the action, <sighs> and they fall to the wooden stage beneath you. You still feel the pain in your leg from where it was sliced, the harm taken, taking its toll on your body. As you look out into the processing hall proper, you see the confused and crazed Helsing grunts running about, desperately trying to find some sort of order, something to follow, something to do. Ulmer is gone. Barry is lost in the rafters. 
There's chaos erupting on the stage as Aurorak has revealed itself. What do you see these grunts doing? I think it's all becoming a bit of a blur to Brandy at this moment. She almost can hear her own heartbeat in her head. Panic is really setting in. This is almost like that worried feeling about being powerless is suddenly mm. feeling very, very accurate. And in, in her kind of blurry vision, she sort of sees the Helsing grunts, I guess, being rounded up. They are being herded by um, Warden Vipen. Louis Sixteenth. Louis the Sixteenth. So she's riding yes! Louis the Sixteenth yes. with a lasso, just corralling them and just corralling <laughs> them. They have. Li- they are so like confused, and you know, I can see General Phillips and Jockey still Jockey being nursed by by uh, nursed back to health by General Phillips and Candy. I think they're also kind of in shock as well at the chaos that's that's happening. And and yeah, Brandy feels very like the, this is the worst case scenario happen mm. like unfolding right now. So in Brandy's head, it's all going to shinks. Yes. Okay. Louis the Sixteenth then completely takes out one of the grunts. There's one, the one, the one with the muck, oh. who seems apparently the most powerful <laughs> grunt they had. Low bar. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I've got a muck. Try and try and corral me, Warden Vipen. And then I think try and corral slime. <laughs> and I think um, Magnazone suddenly appears by the muck. And the muck's still feeling confident until Magnazone throws in a couple of small nails, uh, a small screws, metal screws into the muck's slime that sort of absorb in. And the muck's a little bit confused. <laughs> Suddenly, Magnazone, uh, Warden Bime says, Magnazone, rapid spin. And then Magnazone just spins round this muck and the magnets take hold of this muck. Whoa. And the, 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 the screws within it suddenly twirl it and it becomes this sort of gross, almost like it's in a washing machine and the slime just starts scattering and blending until it just... <laughs> lots of little mucks. Lots of tiny little mucks. <laughs> little grimers. She de-evolves this muck into 57 grimers that are tiny, <laughs> minimised grimers. And finally, she, she feels a presence behind her. It's the... Trevenant suddenly rising up from behind, about to take hold until she. Warden Vipen does a backflip over the Trevenant and lassoes the Trevenant and sort of almost suplexes it over and crushes it to the ground. It's incredibly bad, Ash. This is Warden Vipen. Wow, what a scene! What a scene! Thank God Brandy didn't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah, Brandy's just in the stocks watching this incredible display, like feeling completely powerless. And Warden Vipen is not helping. <laughs> and Warden, so we see the final few grunts flee the room. That's it. They are gone. They are disbanded. Those that were not lassoed or defeated, they they are gone. Warden Vipen. My thinking here is that Warden Vipen, even though Warden Vipen did trap Brandy in the last episode, Warden Vipen is cleaning house. Like cleaning she is doing. Yeah, that's she what is she good to her word. Do. She is like, yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to capture everyone. Theo's on her list. Zororik's on her list. Kenny's mm-hmm. on her list. Barry Bolcott's on the list. Every. She's. This is it. She is going to clean house. And as she lands from that final, final backflip suplex, Tom, she just whips the lasso. <laughs> back round her and just has it spinning in this very cool final pose as the rest of them flee. <laughs> oh no, let's get out of here! <laughs> and yeah, the Helsing grunts, the, the room is now pretty much clear of black and green uniforms. Warden Vipen takes a breath, looks around and says, 
feels like high noon all over again. Am I right, Mama? And she looks towards the uh, the oh. office and kind of like, this is Warden Viper now. She's feeling the power of being a, a, a Viper lady. Warden Viper, seeing as you're, you're looking through her eyes, Tom, mm-hmm. you see a flash of light from the corner of the room. What was that flash of light? And, guys, it's the shadowy corner. You must never go there. <laughs> We didn't, Ali. Was, we took that <laughs> no, no, it did. Sounds like it's going to be very bad advice. It from was what a I'm about to, what that I'm was sensing. never, never taken up on. Tallahassee Binger disappeared into the shadows, and these are the shadows you're looking at, Warden Vipen. And as that flash of light illuminates the corner, she sees runic symbols laid on the floor. To the untrained eyes, it's opaque sorcery, difficult to decipher. But to those well-versed in Mr. N's paper, runic circles and their practical implementation, this is clearly a crudely constructed teleportation circle. Oh. The runes begin to glow and merge, creating a ball of light that powers out and encompasses the entire chamber for a brief second. And then it retracts. Standing amongst the runes is a woman. Professor Honey? (laughs) (laughs) Hi, y'all. It's been entirely too long. I'm the secret villain of the piece. (laughs) Long, flowing white hair cascades down an angular face with elongated features. Waistcoats are wrong and flip-flops clothe a delicate body. Frey. With her is a young man in speedos. Toned body. Swimmers lats. This man does not wear clothes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no swimmer. If you look like Andros, world. you wouldn't either, Ali. <laughs> I wonder Kenny liked him. <laughs> oh. Ooh, Blue tinted hair <laughs> protruding from the edges of a tight swim cap. Andros? Yes, Frey? Liberate the poker pads in the cages. How? Tear this place apart. A steely gaze falls over Andros. Frey plunges a blackened finger into Andros's side and the young man wails. His neck develops gills, his face elongates, and his skin takes on a royal blue pigment. Andros is now an engorged hulking, mega Golduck-like figure. He screeches into the rafters <coughs> before firing an explosive side into the nearest wall. It explodes instantly, sending debris and dust swirling into the atmosphere. Frey begins striding towards the stairs, ascending to the Warden's office, and releases her crowbar. What does Warden Vipen do? If we're looking through yeah. her eyes. Okay. Look, uh, can, can, we, can we just take a moment? Just Stu just casually, like, rotating on his chair. Yeah. Knowing <gasps> he's about to just drop us into this, which he's constructed this... from his brain. Oh, <laughs> my slow king. This is... One villain at a time, Stu. Kenny was just about to give a speech about how poker powers are great and, and no one should be scared of them. And you've just done that. Two oh, weeks thank God. to plan this. Thanks, slow king. The Gliscor's not filming this bit. This is it. <laughs> Show me one poker power who's evil. Go on. I dare. I'll wait. I will always. Oh, no. Don't look down. Don't, don't look down. I'm... I love how Kenny is only allowed to give this speech about love because they have created a suicide pact with their assassin. So it's, I'm it's going like, David. I wasn't given the time. I'm no, no, you. I'm we're going to cut by there. I think the dramatic <laughs> irony, currently Kenny, is fantastic. I I'm think just, that's super. I'm just pleased that both of um, 
you know, Kenny's potential BFs are in the same room. Andros uh, and Barry. Oh, <laughs> maybe. What a love triangle. Who will win Kenny's heart? Yeah, Warden Viper, what do you do? You're, you're the one who's just cleaned up this room. Your whip is spinning in your hand. You're the one with the badass pose. What do you do? <laughs> we just Have we just neglected Brandy as a character then? Is just Brandy not... It does Tom play uh, Warden Viper now? To be, to be honest, Sally, I would much rather play Warden I mean, Viper at this point. I have the three The way that, that was described was I'm, so cool. I'm yeah. so cool. I'm feeling Warden Viper at this point. But, we've um, not to do any roles, that's why, Tom. You well, exactly. just wait. Make a roll. Excuse me, little lady. That would be my office that you are heading towards. And unfortunately, the only way you can ever enter that office is if you are a prisoner here, a resident, if you will. And I'm more than happy to check you into Hotel Core. I don't need to uh, to do anything unnecessary here. It's very clear. I have a, a mission that needs to be fulfilled. There is no need for any... Uh, Serious bloodshed? Why do I get the feeling that is not entirely accurate? I get more of a feeling that you are someone who thinks they can walk into someone's home, walk into someone's prison, walk into someone's anywhere, someone's personal space, and take what you want. Well, I've had enough of people taking what they want from me, taking what they want from this prison. So, lady, you are going to stop right there. Sounds like you're the one in charge here, is that right? That would be 100% correct. You would describe yourself as being in control? I would. I have not been in control as of a few days, but I have decided to wake up from my slumber. You like it? Being in control? I'd like yes. it a lot more if you were doing a lot less talking, but yes. I like it too, and I intend to remain in control. Warden Vipen, roll flat 2d6. Warden Vipen? Warden oh. Vipen, just flat 2d6. Me flat two d six. Okay. Okay. Oh, what's going to happen? What's next? next? David and I are literally just like, what can is Tyler going to turn up? Like, what's occurring? <laughs> no modifiers on this one. Nope. Brilliant. How many luck points does Warden Viper have? <laughs> <laughs> it's a three and a three for a six. Oh. <laughs> Which in yes. my head went, oh, that's good, and then I looked at the total and was like, that's not good. Frey points a blackened finger into the air and then whips it round towards Warden Vipen, who's still standing there twirling this whip. And this mega Golduck's eyes turn in inky black as well. And it wheels around towards Warden Vipen. There is no Andros in there currently. That is a beast, a being. And that being has been given an instruction. The Golduck opens its mouth. Icy crystals start to form. Vicious, bladed crystals in the mouth of this Mega Golduck. And it fires an ice beam directly at Warden Viper. There's no time to react. There's no time to do anything. It slams into her. Those onlooking see the flailing body of Warden Viper fly backwards and into the Warden's office, smashing through the windows and crashing into the wall behind it. The photos of the Warden Viper family legacy crashing around her as this blue, lifeless, frozen body falls and shatters to the floor. Well, that's your gym badge gone, Brandy. <laughs> I need to stop rolling so badly. <laughs> this oh is starting God. to have real oh consequences. No. Warden Viper, and I was really getting into that, Stu. I was I literally was thinking, I was, like, I was like, you know what? 
if Brandy dies, Warden Viper has a great next character <laughs> to just step into. I really feel like I was getting well, a handle. Do you handle. know what, Tom? The good thing is, now that Warden Vipen dies, Brandy is a really great character for you to get Hey, um, you got any um, got any ID? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, really? It looks like a, a library card. It's my face. It's laminated. Look, therefore, it's legit, right? Why have you all laminated your faces? What about you in the back? I, I, I just really love laminating. It's what I do in my office job as an adult. Yes, and then I bought some beers. I love taxes. I enjoy them too. Stocks and figures. Mm, just gonna go and smoke. Ooh, BBC. <laughs> Back pain. Radio 4. You know what? This checks out. Please come into Club Midsection. Oh, yeah, love midsections. Hi, <laughs> guys. Welcome to Club Midsection. You look very shiny and laminated. Perfect. Oh. As I give you this midsection for it to wash over you, slip off your back like a duck. Oh, I'm actually 17. I need to leave. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This midsection comes from, and Stu, I'd like you to sound the... Pokemon champion tier patron horn. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's alive. I thought you told me it was dead, Stu. Kill it! Kill, Kill it. it again! Um, yes, this uh, is a midsection of a Pokemon champion tier Discord member, Hyacinthus. Thank you so much, Hyacinthus. And you have jumped the queue quite spectacularly. And we are going to discuss your character now. Hello, lads. Tis me, Hyacinthus. Pronounced like the flower. I know it's a dumb name, but I'm gay and tired. Well, aren't we all, Hyacinthus? <laughs> Hyacinthus was formerly lo- known as Atlas Moth. Oh, so bear that in mind. That's no, why okay. I didn't recognise okay, it. Moth. I exist and am here to cause problems. Well, okay, here we go. Today's character concept, a drag queen named Sylvia Eon and their partner Pokemon, a shiny Sylveon called Bluey. Maybe a gym leader, maybe a mob wife. Who knows? They exist, and they exist to cause problems. It's a self-insert, got it? It's a self-insert character. By day, Sylvia Eon is a primary school teacher named Atticus. Do with them what you will. Bare bones. I like nice. it. I love that length of midsection yeah, character nice. mm. introduction. Nice. I do feel as though the three of us need to step back and leave David to take the floor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel David should start for sure. Listen. For sure. Here I am, gay and tired, really not wanting to do go first. No, I, I, no, I guess, I guess the the question is that this opens is that uh, which town, city, village, hamlet, uh, township in Formia would be a place that would be friendly to drag performances? Would it be somewhere like somewhere like Pyrenile, where you've already got kind of the gaudiness and performativity, or is there somewhere else that's just like a very safe, gay kind of Hebden Bridge town? Informia, that maybe this is where Sylvia Eon has found both the ability to function as a functioning school teacher, but also um, Shantae down the runway. Come over town? <laughs> Come over town, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they've got a buzzing night scene. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's just one club in Come over town. It's all farms, and then they have a club scene. 
Like maybe that's coma. Specializes in drag. Yeah. Maybe this yeah. was Kenny's teacher. Oh, Ooh. hello. Very I'll interesting. What's uh, what's his a... hair-based surname then? And can can we think of an appropriate drag? I mean, wig? Is it just Atticus wig? Atticus wig is good. Atticus wig is good. Atticus Did you just say wig? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, Kenny, what was what was Atticus's teaching like? Very performative. Students to do things. Very very little sit down and recite stuff. It's more like right today we're going to spend all day outside by the like a forest studying. school. Exactly. A exactly. Rautuno forest school, if you will. Very, p- potentially, Stu. Potentially. So hold on. You're saying that the clearing that we stayed at in episode six slash seven of the podcast frenzy plant two was in fact a little school area that kenny didn't recognize because it was dark but it was where uh sylvia eon held lessons and perhaps practice some drag stuff what was one what was one takeaway that that kenny took from his lessons with uh with atticus wig ironically it was never burn your sister <laughs> Oh, that God. specifically came that up dark. really well because they they were just they were just uh, you know he was, was being it, taught about fire and or was, was he like, just what you never want to do is is burn anyone that you care about or was was Atticus Wig talking about severe put downs and if you're a soul <laughs> sister with another drag queen you should never burn them with a but that, harsh put that's, down that's or like harsh take rule one of of drag surely is that yeah read other queens the teeth right absolutely yeah. 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 So maybe, maybe, maybe Atticus was like, "Yeah, absolutely, but burn them, burn them all." Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> I'd love it if I'd love it if, Ke- I'd love it if he was the if Sylvia Eon was the first person that Kenny saw, and Kenny was just like, "Sylvia, I've burned my sister." And Sylvia <laughs> was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." <laughs> Which one was it, Melissa with the horrible hair, or was it Dora oh. with the terrible skin? It's like, well, Dora's skin it, is maybe was... melting off. So yes, I suppose it is horrible skin. Was it the eighty-year-old Clarissa who we've not seen? <laughs> uh, do you think the Mullet family ever went to one of Sylvia Eon's shows? I think they did, but Kenny never really got what it was. So I don't think Kenny ever put the two and two together. Um, and well, the Atticus and was Sylvia. The Atticus Eon. was Sylvia Eon. Yeah, uh, the yeah. only person went, in I mean, town who doesn't know. Yes, <laughs> it's so obvious. Even Dora knew. Yeah, <laughs> Dora knew. Uh, but yeah, he never, he never realised that. I you just know, imagine Kenny be like, "Mr. Wig, I, I just wish my teacher Atticus Wig could could see you. They would enjoy you so <laughs> yes. much." Kenny would always tell Mr. Wig about how good the drag was last <laughs> That's night. That's so cute. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hyacinthus, for your great midsection character. If you have a midsection character and would like to let us know about them, please send your character to criticalditto at gmail.com. And if you, like Hyacinthus, would love to skip the queue and go straight in, and by straight in, I mean six to seven to 12 months down the line, please join our Patreon at the Pokemon Champion tier. More details at patreon.com forward slash criticalditto. I've just looked at your laminated faces and it's all sort of peeling off and revealing your young, young skin. Help me, I'm in so much pain! I think you need to go to the hospital. We don't, we don't have a hospital here at Midsection Club. Um, It was worth it. I'm glad you had a great time. I got to smell beer! (laughs) We got to see Sylvia Eon perform live! Who's that Pokemon? Uh... It's Muck. 
Hey listeners, it's Ali, just jumping in real quick with a little message. Um, the next scene is between Kenny and Barry and does contain an attempted suicide. It occurs in the 52nd minute and we wanted to put a little message in now in case that's a scene or a moment that you would like to skip. Um, you could either move to uh, ahead a minute to the 53rd minute or if you want you could skip the scene entirely and go to minute 57. Um, the scene otherwise is brilliant and includes a classic Kenny speech, if I do say so myself. Um, but we at Critical Digital are always conscious of sensitive subjects, so wanted to throw this in there now. Hope you're enjoying the episode. See you at the outro. Kenny. Yeah? What? Yep. <laughs> what, Stu? Stu is absolutely feeding on... There are noises on... from below. Stu is feeding on this. <laughs> you're telling <laughs> me... <laughs> That a mega yeah. gold duck ice blasted someone a across a room. You definitely heard a screech. Yeah, and there are yeah. noises. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there a mega Look. gold duck? Is that a real thing? No. no. I've uh, we've oh. invented it. Okay, good. I really good. love it. <laughs> I kind of see it like, yeah, I, maybe like a water ice or something. I love this idea of like darkened blue slash black coming up the arms, elongated spikes on the head. Maybe the gem, something to do with the gem in the middle of the face mm. has been corrupted fully embedded into the face now and the flesh is closed over it in a scab instead. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like it. Kenny, you and Barry are separated for a reason. You have drawn Barry away in order to do whatever you want to do. Everything downstairs is going perfectly according to plan. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> you have shackled your spirit to Barry's. And as you say, he's hit a shaft of light, doubled over, and is also clutching his side. When he takes away a hand, he sees blood. What have you done to me? You witch, you beast, what have you done? I am doing nothing more to you than what you have done to all those people you've hurt, Barry. You are a monster, look at me! You are living up to everything I imagined you'd be. This is evil, this is fine. <laughs> Actually, I didn't do anything. What do you mean? This is your magic, isn't it? No, Barry. This came from my Pokemon and from your Pokemon, and it affected me just like it's affecting you. You might think you're a monster. Hey, I thought I was a monster too. What a surprise. You might have a troubled past. Hey, I have a troubled past too. What a surprise. My Pokepowers, Barry, they do not define me any more than what happened in your past defines you. Your actions, they define you. My actions, they define me. They define poker-powered people across the country. And yes, there are bad poker-powered people. There are also good poker-powered people, just like there are bad humans and good humans. Do you know, recently, Barry, I've been saying a lot, I just want to do the next right thing. Whenever I don't know what to do, I'm just going to do the next right thing. But you know what I realised recently? That that is mucking stupid, Barry. Because my next right thing will be very different to your next right thing. And I thought like that because sometimes the world is weird and creepy and I don't know what's going to happen and thinking right or wrong in these extremes. That helped me rationalise the world. To think of right, wrong, uh, good, bad, male, female. Well, what I'm realising is that this world, Formia, thrives in the middle. So I'm not going to do the next right thing anymore because that's... That's all, that's my decision, what's right and wrong. All I'm doing, what I really, if you deep down think about it, what I'm doing is I am acting out of love. 
Every decision I make, I make with love, and sometimes that has really bad consequences, but I'm just trying to make the world a better place. And you, Barry, you're not acting out of love, you're acting out of hate. Please, Barry, try. Try to find the Barry that I befriended, my first friend. I know he's in there somewhere, deep down amongst all that hate, there's a little speck of love. I have to think that. I just have to. Roll plus charm, please, okay? Kenny is a plus two to charm. And I rolled an eight. So plus two, that's a ten. Oh okay. my goodness. You can't you can't appeal to my soul. You can't. It's black. It's dark. It's the things I've done, the blood I've shed. I'm lost. It's too late for me. Well, let me try to help you out into the light. Our spirits are shackled, Barry. We are intertwined now. You know my pain. You can feel it, just like I can feel yours. I hear your words, I hear your words. And yet I can't stop looking at you and wanting you dead. I don't know if I can get past that. I am a monster. You are a monster. And maybe the only way for this region to heal is for both of us to be gone. And Barry stands up and starts to fall backwards off the rafter. And you can see as he's falling, Kenny, it's almost like he just gives you an eye as if to say, like, I give up. I'm leaving this to the hands of fate. And he falls. What do you do? Well, as uh, as Kenny proved when Brandy jumped off the ship, Kenny doesn't let people plummet to their doom. Especially when there's a giant Golduck downstairs doing ice beams and causing all sorts of chaos. Oh. No, that's, so I think, no, Ali, those are just noises. Those are just noises. <laughs> but I think Kenny and Decidui both leap down together. I've just realised this is huge, because if he falls and breaks his neck... What a full success you had there, Ali. What a, <laughs> what a ten year Wow, great roll. Great roll, Ali. Well no, done. Well, I mean, Kenny can just cancel Spirit Shackle, but he doesn't care at this point. He doesn't want okay, his trust to die. yeah. You can cancel it. That's fair. But th- that, that's, that's not fair. the risk for that's Kenny That's not the now. risk. Okay. It's Kenny, despite everything, he, he can't just let this person kill themselves by suicide. Gosh, what role is this? Is it is it a decidui role? Do you know what, Stu? Kenny acts on instinct and decidui goes, oh my God, what a bloody idiot. He's just jumped off. He's, <laughs> he's just jumped off again. He's just jumped oh. off again. I've got to jump yeah. down again. Decidui- last, time, last time, he left He left a magic up. He left a bloody magic up do this last time. And now I've got to jump in and save him Dis- again. Glasgow looks at decidui and goes, oh man, that, that, that sounds really rough. I will give you a full expose afterwards because you want to hear my story. Can I just say... <laughs> You really pop on camera. I, 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 <laughs> Me? I, I film a lot of people and Pokemon on camera, but you, you've got something. If you could describe yourself, your dreams and ambitions in one word, what would that be? Decidui. <laughs> nice. Your own name. That's what everyone does. Well, you should probably go to save your trainer, I, I suppose. Here, here's my leaf. Call me. <laughs> And jumps down. Maybe I will. The situation I think says she's find out. Was he was he six four? <laughs> Dang. That's Tom height. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Decidui, roll roll plus speed again. Oh, oh really, god. Really playing to Decidui's strength here. <laughs> it's a plus one to speed, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a nine plus one. Oh hey! yes! yes! I'm coming in tens. with the rolls today. Kenny, please describe this swooping rescue. Barry goes limp and just he blocks off the edge and and Kenny jumps on instinct and catches Barry relatively quickly and isn't isn't thinking of poker powers, is just like there's a person in trouble. I need to go save them. I think Barry has passed out from his wound as well. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it yeah, was yeah, a yeah. deliberate fall. But he has now passed out. 
They're hurting. It was quite. High. It was very high up, wasn't it? These rafters. Yeah, very high. They're plummeting at the very last minute because Decidueye's been flirting with Guy Score, so you know. <laughs> Apparently, they, yeah. They were they were they were plummeting for a while. Uh, so right at the very last minute, the wind is taken out of Kenny by Bowtie in a last desperate plea to sort of save them both. And Swan is it a Swan Dive where they kind of go down and yeah, then back yeah, yeah. up, mm -hmm. and I think Bowtie Swan Dives catches them both, but it's going almost too quickly and and realizes that she can't stop colliding with a bit of rubble at the side of the prison. And so just sort of turns, turns in midair and puts their wings around the two of them as she just sort of like skids to a stop. And then the dust sort of settles. Kenny is crying, Barry has passed out. Kenny assumes Barry is dead, but Decidueye has, has got them both in an hourly embrace. And as you land, Kenny, you start to open your eyes to the chaos that's unfolding down here. You obviously heard noises, but it's not the scene you expected at all. There is dust in the air, psychic explosions going on, hitting walls, ice crystals freeze your skin as you seem to just feel a frozen chill in the air. Something's not right down here. And then you hear a flap, a flapping of crowbat wings. And illuminated from behind is a figure, and she jumps off Crobat, and you hear the clunk clunk of two flip-flops hitting the floor, and you see the smiling face of Frey, warm, welcoming. She offers you a hand, Kenny. Do you need help? We've got to get Brandy out of these stocks. We absolutely have Brandy, to. Brandy, Brandy, you're just oh, in the stocks. The decidueye fell into Brandy, so actually, like the stocks, <laughs> the broke. stocks just fell. Well, over. I was going to try and get Brandy out of my first move until bloody Sorowark decided <laughs> to really murder were. me. You're, you're right there. Yeah, um, yeah. I have, a, I have a sort of idea if the GM will allow. I'm, I suppose I'm, it can be I'm, a roll. I'm open to it. I mean, I've thrown a lot <clears> at you guys today, you? so I'm today. Really? No. I thought it was a very chill episode. Nah, very chill. I feel well, zero. Well, the Golducks definitely had a chill episode. Oh. <laughs> Am I right, ladies? Oh. <laughs> Am I right? Vipen. I think Brandy saw the scene with Warden Vipen. Her part-time lover, full-time liar, is now a Zororic and sparring with Theo. Sparring with Someone Theo. Stage, yeah. Um Frey, the person who turned her dad into a Celio, is sort of showed up and destroyed Warden Vipen. And even though Brandy was very annoyed at Warden Vipen for what she did, I think Brandy had a high level of respect for Warden Vipen, hence wanting to get her out of the stocks in the first place to help. And almost thought, wow, she's kind of doing what I can't do. She's got that power. And to see that person get frozen in ice and, and shattered, you know, is, is just soul crushing. So I think Brandy is full on insular at this point, full mm. panic attack. And we had a similar moment uh, sort of situation in which um, a Pokemon was able to release themselves from a Pokeball. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I believe it was Munchlax during was, the payback arc. Um, Gosh. Good memory. Yeah. I've, I too have had two weeks to think about how to get out of this situation. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> it's been, it's been, it's been, I think at this point, because Brandy is in 
in such shock that that is a hundred percent felt by her her best friend, the Pokemon that's been with her since the beginning of the journey. So I think out of the Pokeball automatically pops out Wimpy the Lopany. Lopany, Lopany, Lopany. I can't do, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't. Lopany, Lopany. Help me, help me, Kenny. <laughs> what does Lopany do? I think Lopany sees the seriousness of the situation. I think Lopany is ready to step up and is going to communicate to Brandy that he's with her. She can rely on him from here on out. So I would like Lopany to break open the stocks and piggyback Brandy, basically. Put Brandy on Lopany's back. Put Brandy on his back to say, we're in this together. I'm, no- I'm not leaving you in the stocks. Okay. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Exactly. Oh, such a good line. Ali, that's um, amazing. Where did, you, where did you come up with that? That's genius. Oh, These things come to me, mate. I should write a book. That's inspired. Mm. You should write three and a prequel. That's a bit much. I don't know why we didn't just ask the eagles to come and, you know, break everyone out the <laughs> stocks. You don't, it's about the quest, mate. Come You're on. right. It is about the no. quest. So if Lopany is kicking these stocks open, it must be a physical a physical, physical problem, right? Yeah. yeah. Lopany is a plus... Two to physical. This is 2d6 plus two. Oh, it was bound to happen. The terrible luck was bound no. to stop. To change, thank <gasps> God. <laughs> to change, yes. It's changed, everyone. It's a nine plus two, which is an 11. Oh. Thank oh. Sloking My for word, that. I needed yeah, that. <laughs> a failure there. What would we have done? I really can't, I really can't express to you listeners how... How I badly have rolled in the last two episodes. There's a reason that Brandy's bleeding out in some stock. We got here. Describe for me, please, this this moment of um of Lopany kicking. I actually out. think Lopany doesn't doesn't kick open the stocks with a full success. I'm changing my mind. <laughs> Lopany reaches their hands into the handholds where Brandy's hands are, starts to put pressure upwards to try and pull the stocks <laughs> open. Brandy sort of saying, You can't. You can't stop. Please stop. You can't do it. You can't do it. And that just drives Lopany Wimpy on even more. And so until Lopany's ears then grab the other side, the, the background as well. So the ears are going as well and pushing up with unbelievable Herculean strength. And it looks like it's not going to give until you suddenly hear the creaking, the cracks in the wood. And Lopany actually rips off the stocks, the, the top half of the stocks completely from the hinges and they fly up into the rafters almost hitting Gliscor um, but oh. luckily luckily he was too, bu- too busy watching deciduous bombs <laughs> <laughs> baby I love to watch you fly away get it that close up Brandy kind of looks at Lopany kind of feeling a bit more secure she's less catatonic and more kind of looking at Lopany and just feeling that little bit of relief Lopany 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 picks Brandy up and puts her on his back and Brandy whispers in his ear, help me, please. Please help me. Theo, Zoroark has a mission, and that mission is to get the third tome. How do they come at you? They've been Canaan. I'm just trying. I'm trying to think. What would 
well, let me ask you, Theo. What what would be the most distressing form for Theo to see Zoroark take? Maybe the Zoroark turns into Slowking. Oh. Because if there's a visual that Theo's going to be paralysed by, it's yeah. it's okay. the Golden Slowking. Great. That is also closer to what Zoroark can actually do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Theo, you're clutching the tome, a candle by your side. You're just holding this chrome extreme ball in your hands, and you remember that dead weight, that cold metal feeling that sends a chill up your arm as you hold it, but you're clutching it, sweat starting to pool on your brow. And Zoroark looks at you with a snarl. <laughs> And it's just circling slowly, and then it dips behind the stage. And as it comes out behind one of the, the decorative sideboards that Helsing had erected for this show, it comes out illuminated, golden, in the form of Slow King himself. It's like the rest of the room melts away, Thea. The light emanating from this golden, divine being in front of you. The smile on its face, the warmth that you feel, it reminds you of every time you've sought comfort in your religion, every time that you have used Sloking, that your connection with Sloking has helped you process a bad memory, has helped you overcome a struggle, is diluted into this one moment of seeing Sloking himself hold out a golden paw to you, Theo. No words, but he slowly approaches. The second paw comes out. The embrace of a god beckons you, Theo. What do you do? As you say, I think Theo is... Um... Like, this is one of those images that Theo just can't, cannot control themselves around in terms of that sense of, like, their their mind and body is just kind of going just, like, completely haywire. Um, and this god is offering this moment of sort of absolution, of comfort. But then I think that Theo remembers that this is, that this cannot be real, that this is, that this is impossible, that this, all of this has been to find Sloking, and Sloking won't appear that easily. The reason that Theo almost burned the tome was because everything is about Sloking. And then the voice in Theo's head begins to change, and it stops being thrilled at the sight of Sloking, and starts just thinking, everything that's happened is because of you. Everything that has happened is because we have sought you out. And then there's a dark voice from like the depths of Theo's anxiety that sounds a little bit like a lot of different people we've heard. And in Theo's mind, they just can't shake this like constant obsessive thought, which is this is all because of you, and you chose Kenny to save you and not me. And Theo just feels the ball in their hand, looks up at Slow King and goes, why him and not me? And just throws the ball. Okay. Theo and Kenny got an awkward conversation, didn't they? Loving this. Oh, I'm sorry. It's great. Uh, Roll for me. Plus jealousy. (laughs) That's That's a plus plus (laughs) ninety nine for Theo. So let's go tough. Let's go tough. Yeah. And and also, it's like it's the strength of mind that you're having to fight through this vision as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It tracks. Okay, so we're rolling two d six. Don't tweet at us, everyone. Okay, it tracks. Sue, you don't need to convince me. You need to convince yourself. 
Lads, ladies, and all the people who stand outside of the binary, we got a four. We got a five oh. plus a two for an 11. Oh, great, yes. great rolling. The rolls today have been good. Oh, David, I feel like you're in this visual space with me. Can you describe, please? Can you describe Zororic being captured by an extreme? Can I, can I, just, oh. can I just have a, oh. slight, a slight query? Of course. Was Tallahassee not around when we put on our little <gasps> defense against the extreme ball marks? Oh, you're, you're right. Were, like, everyone were, everyone in, he? The, oh. in the... He was! He oh. was! Oh. I just, I got, oh. I just, I didn't want to, I just wanted to, you know. Wow, well remembered. Oh, no, you're right. I was you're only right. hoping that you would fail so that it no, would make I'm sense. So, I'm so ready. <laughs> David, but I just thought, could there be a success in another no. way? Could there be a success <sighs> in another? Okay. So if you describe throwing the extreme ball. Okay. So, so Theo grabs the extreme ball and just throws it at Slow King. And even, even as a Zoroark performing as a slow king they cannot hide the shock on their face that theo makes this decision just and seeing that look, look on slow king's face of horror is going to be branded on theo's mind for for days if not weeks to come mm. um but then as soon as it's beginning to wrap around and there's that kind of electroplasmic energy it just shatters and briefly the flashing symbol that togekiss put on tallahassee back when tallahassee was just normal Tallahassee in the locker room with all of us having a lovely pep talk. Flashes just briefly and uh, the light fails and the extreme ball crashes to the floor. And as this cowering, horrified Sloking realises the extreme ball has failed, remembers the mark, touches it with a small Sloking paw, and you see the look of horror twist and turn and you see another awful sight. The look of Sloking, your divine god and being, twisting a malicious and vindictive grin, a look of victory. That is, I say, until a flying Medicham kick piles into Sloking's face. That's right. <laughs> Medicham oh, yes! flies over your shoulder, Theo, and connects oh. full on into Sloking's snouty face. Oh. The Sloking flies backwards, and instantly the Sloking veneer is dissipated oh, it's a zororic it's again it's super effective it's already oh, been weakened it's bosh. perfect and the zorok flies backwards not defeated but shattered and smashed to the floor behind the stage <laughs> it is livid medicham however descends levitating in a very measured way and looks back at Theo. medicham can no longer use the human words it once had on the meteorite landscape but it gives you a wry smile as if to say you may not have your god with you you have got me. Very arrogant, and I love it. This comment. <laughs> can they uh, learn so well from me? Can um, can you just hear from Heidi Theo? Uh, thanks very much for lending your meta, me your metacham, Theo. But I think you could use them more than me. I'm cured. <laughs> I, I have no. I don't remember who you are, but anymore. thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, thank it's Hedral. It's Hedral. I thought, oh no, the feelings are coming back. <laughs> metacham, meta come back, metacham. Oh, don't feel those feelings again here. And Theo just uh, in an attempt to distract a child with something shiny. Another tactic <laughs> that Theo learned from a book in the in the tower. Theo just chucks the shiny key that Alma gave them uh, over to Hedrold. Oh, wow. Trinkets. A new car. Cool. <laughs> Works <What>? every time. <laughs> Thanks, the old Dad. Kenny Gambit. <laughs> you did not need yes. to get me a Corvette. She's Louise. <laughs> Hey, 
Pedrold dashes away from Theo. Theo obviously focused on the ensuing combat with a vicious Zororic and does not need the distractions of boy reporter Hedrold bothering them. Hedrold picks up this shiny key, treasures it, holds it, makes it disappear up his sleeve for a second, then reappear, giggles at his own delight and talent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that character trait. <laughs> I'll, I'll work. I'll work on that. Dimensional. When suddenly Hedrold hears a panting Lopany next to him. Low. Low. Honey. And on the Lopany's back, Hedrold sees Brandy. Brandy? We met in the in the tree. In the, the the Sephiroth tree. Brandy? Are you are you alright? No. No, I'm I'm not alright. I'm not alright. Oh no, I, Hedrold, have found myself in a serious scene and don't know don't know how to how to navigate it. Can you help me? Can you can you help me? You want me to make your problems disappear? I want you to help me. <laughs> Wait, can you do that? Because that would be really helpful. I can try. Listen, all I have is poof, this key. Maybe it can help you. I've gotten a lot of help today from people who didn't need to give it. And in fact, inconvenience themselves a lot to give it to me. So I think the least I can do is, is trying to help someone that I sort of kind of know, right? But take the key. Could unlock something in you. Or, or it could unlock that door. <laughs> he points to the he points to the mecha the mecha genesect right yeah I think Lopany takes the key Lopany sees the mecha genesect Lopany using big brain strats here is like right I can I can put two and two together here and by two and two I mean Brandy and the genesect Lopany puts the key in Brandy's hand and balls Brandy's hand up into a fist around the key. I think this sparks a flashback in Brandy's mind, a memory. And it is a memory of when Brandy was eight years old. She is on the beach at Surfloat Town. Whiskey has been away on brand business training for Kappa Corp Pokemarts. This is a, a, a real low point in Brandy's life. Her mum is away and not there to comfort her. It's a day like any other day, but all of a sudden it kind of hits her feeling the absence of a father figure or someone she can tell her problems to. She just really feels the weight of loneliness and there's almost nothing about the day that could have sparked it off. I think perhaps even it could have just been, you maybe know... Andros's dad training her. Yeah, I think maybe that's it. She just sees a really nice moment between Andros and and Trent Bombadom. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's Andros's dad? I, I, yeah, the trainer, dad. Maybe that's why they're so hard on does, does that mean his name is Andros Bombadom? Andros <laughs> Bombadom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. What a name. No wonder he trained his lats so hard. He's but got, I think, He's got to compensate for that. But I think Andros has just completed a really intense lap of the sea. And... <laughs> Whoa. Wait. A, a lap. Did you just say a, a lap, lap of the sea? Of the sea. A lap of whatever, <laughs> whatever we're talking about, guys. I'm not 7.2, too, too much water. Andros returns, Andros returns panting, and his dad hits the time and goes, 62 weeks, 13 hours, and 42 seconds. That's not bad, mate. That's not bad. Well done. Well done. Whatever. A year and three months. Swimming. A year and three months in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> just feasting on wingles that flew too low. <laughs> swimming swimming term terminology not my thing but basically <laughs> Andros completes a very difficult lap of the training 
Ariel between the boys, water, between the boys, between the boys, makes it back to shore, but is panting with side up and looks absolutely shattered. And Trent, after Brandy witnessing Trent being quite hard on Andros for the majority of the session, suddenly has a sort of fatherly moment, wraps a towel around his son, and sort of just says, "Let's call it a day for today. You've done amazing things all week. You don't need to push yourself seven days a week. I know the Pokalithic games are coming up, but listen, maybe, maybe just you and I we hang out tonight, yeah? Just buds." And Brandy sort of overhears that, and it just sparks, you know, you can get those moments of sort of all of a sudden feelings just hit you out of nowhere. And she starts to sort of hyperventilate and to feel that she doesn't have that person around, and, and will we'll probably never have that, that person around. Um, Whiskey very much is the caregiver, and but Brandy still feels that distinct missing piece. All of a sudden, Delio the Celio appears and puts his sort of flipper on Brandy's hand. Points over to a group of different people. They all seem to be doing something very odd. They seem to be trying to form a human pyramid um, and failing quite dramatically. They seem to lack a bit of leadership. Brandy kind of makes the decision then and there that actually she can't help these feelings that she's having. She can't help herself in this way. So the best thing to do to try and deal with this at this point in time is going. She's going to help others. So she goes over to the people who will become Gary Smokes cheerleaders and starts corralling them into shape trying to do this human pyramid she's able to kind of recover from that moment of deep feeling through helping others and Lopany cutting back into the prison atrium Lopany gripping Brandy's hand suddenly she sees she sees it again she sees that beach she sees people struggling she sees her friends struggling realizes this isn't the time for people to help her this is the time for her to help them Sees the key, sees the mech. Lopini! Lope? Get me in there. Lopini. We're gonna help everyone else. I'm tired of. I'm tired of just sitting on the sidelines. I'm tired of playing other characters. I'm playing me. In a flash, Hedrol blinks and Lopini's gone, as suddenly, you know, they've whipped their way over to the mecha and this giant genesect robotic machine. And Lopini places brandy in the cockpit gives brandy a nod is there like is it like in sort of star wars where there's like a co-passenger seat behind her seat sure yeah because lopini lopini can get in lopini gets in lopini's in the gunner seat yes in the distance brandy sees andros the golduck i think brandy sees andros the mega golduck heading over to shatter the poker powered cage brandy puts the key in and just before she starts the engine she, she says I haven't forgotten that you push me down them stairs. <laughs> and then starts the engine. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the mecha genesect roars into life. <laughs> was an episode wasn't it we collectively lost it a good four or five times when recording that i think it's my favorite ever episode we've done though to be fair the next one's up there too 
Speaking of the next episode, it's actually the season three finale, which is very exciting. Going to put a shout out now uh, for some reflect questions. It will probably be a big one because we will make it about submission and, you know, season three as a whole. Um, and we often get asked questions about, you know, what our favorite Mexican food is. Um, but if you can think of anything you want to ask us, literally anything at all, email us, tweet us, or stick it in the Reflect channel in the Discord if you're a member of the Discord, and we'll do our best to answer them. I've got a question I want answering. Why does Stu hate us? Making Tallahassee Bingeworth an evil Pokemon this whole time. The whole time! That was a long ep, so I'm going to keep the outro as short as possible and move straight on to thanking our glorious patrons. Special shout out this week to Crandon Creations, who not only provides our logo and the ARC artwork, but who also provided the previously you heard this episode. Crandon's was one of the first we ever received, as you can tell, because she did it in her own accent and didn't attempt to make it English or Southern or French. We've received a few previouslys, but we still need more, so get them in, my lovely patrons. Thank you to Crandon for that, for your awesome artwork, and for your patronage. Excitingly, there are some patrons that I haven't thanked yet, uh, so thank you to Brandon Wood, Carlton McGrone, Tommy Portillo, and Aidan Clark. Welcome to the patron club, um, and thank you for your continual support to Mark Smith, Brad Demondauker, Mike Cabbages, Dr. Ranny, Alastair Collinson, Ginny Voss, Millamoy, Eric Eichinger, Force Major, Cesar Trevino, Alchemage, Josh Anderson, Trigula, aka Aurora, Jonah Jackson, Big Fat Nuke, Kaiko Pin Cosplay, Haikili, Dr. Mega Man PhD, Scott M, Martin Blackwood, Carrie Morrison, Jeremby, Jeremby's mum, Ellie Lieberman, Audrey Resendith, Tom, D- I mean D.W. Hollins, Pokerdash55, Darius Joukowsky, Ryan Teague, Betsy Lewin Lee, Megan Taylor, Heather L. Snell, Jam, Beth Shivers, Huxley Spicer, Crispy, Alex W., and D.G.Z. If you want to join this beautiful bunch, support the show, be on the show, get bonus content, and much, much more, you can go to patreon.com forward slash critical ditto for more information. Alternatively, you can just leave a rating and review, and that will massively help us out too. As always, thank you to Michael Sands, the creator of the tabletop role-playing game Monster of the Week, the game system we have hacked for our show, and are creating a new game for called Pocket Monster of the Week. Uh, if you want details of our game, hit us up on email or Discord, and we will help you out. Um, thank you to Glitch X City, Epidemic Sounds, and Braxton Burks and the Material Collective for the music and sound effects you heard in this show. Thank you to Junichi Masuda and Satoshi Tajiri for creating Pokemon. I mean, I guess that helped. Uh, we are not affiliated with Game Freak, Nintendo, or the Pokemon Company. We are not-for-profit and fan-made. Thank you to you for listening, and thank you to David, Tom, and Stu for playing with me. Follow us on Twitter, at Critical Ditto, on Instagram, at Critical Ditto Pod, uh, and join our Discord, details of which can be found on our Twitter page. And finally, go and be the very best, like no one ever was. In other words, just be yourself.
these I, I was I was looking back, Ali, at some um, some of the production photos from our 2011 cabaret. Oh yeah, um, we're twenty. Twenty twenty one, I think. Babies, absolute babies. Anyway, time to talk about Pokemon now that we're yeah, adults. absolutely. 